Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, it's Brandon. Uh, Jason Orth is with me, and we got Brad Brown from IBRacing.com here. He's grabbing some okay. beer. He's grabbing some beers right now, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll get you introduced. Lap number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time. It's a 10, 145, 10, 145. Can he get under that track record? Second lap time for Larson. It's a nine second lap. We have a new track record. So, you know, I always have a hard time trying to figure out how I'm going to introduce the show. I mean, we've done a couple different intros, but... uh. With that being said, it's episode 10 of Quick Time. Uh, Brandon back again with Jason. And once again, we are in the IB Racing World headquarters and joined by Brad Brown. Guys, how was your week? I can't complain at all. I finally got to go to a racetrack and see some racing. So that was a, that was a great night of racing, and I couldn't be happier with uh, how it turned out. Jason, how was your week? Did you uh, get out to the track or did you go anywhere? No, I stayed at home. I uh, watched uh, a lot of a lot of uh, racing on TV. So I uh, watched uh, some late model races. Watched Pennsylvania Speed Week, uh, World Outlaw shows. It was a um, lot of a lot of stuff on TV. But I stayed at home and uh, drank a lot. Got bit up outside. <laughs> and my son has just become a rap star by the name of Little Squeegee. So yeah, I saw his uh, Flavor Flav impression going yes. on Facebook the other day. <laughs> but we had a good time. Yeah, so uh, I made it out to races on Friday night. I went out to I-80, uh, saw Brad Brown there, a uh, couple beers in. Just a couple. Just uh, a couple. It was a great night, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Then, uh, let's see, Saturday night I stayed home with the wife. We went to that Garth Brooks thing, and then Sunday, tragedy happened at the household. Was the, uh, <laughs> the old Black Bandit Ford Fusion threw a rod and a uh, motor shot in that car. So um, we're, we're car shopping right now, looking for an old uh, piece of shit. Shit meter to drive back and forth to work. I poured one out for you, Brandon, but one, there's carpet, and two, it's good beer. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, does, it doesn't need uh, any beer for the homies. But I want to thank uh, Jason Britton. Uh, he's the owner of the uh, 15A Modified out at Eagle, driven by Josh Cannell. He uh, went out of his way, came down from Greenwood just to uh, haul my car back to the, uh, the old homestead. And uh, this guy doesn't know me from Joe Blow. So uh, it was nice to have, actually have uh, somebody in the racing community help one another out. Cheers to you, man. It's just racers helping racers, and that's what this this sport's all about. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, like I said, we made it out to uh, – Brad and I made it out to I-80. Uh, Lee Groves won that race. Lee's going to join us later on in the in the show. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I guess it's time for some shout-outs. So uh, who wants to go first? Well, I'll go first, and I just want to shout-out to the Kaziskis at uh, I-80 Speedway. Uh they, they, the track was in great shape, and then lo and behold, a little rain shower came through, and uh, they, they attacked it. They got the cars out there, and they had it was probably what 30, 45 minute rain delay a little bit. And, and they, they did a masterful job of getting that thing ready to go, and, and the features were, were amazing. Even though there were only 15 sprint cars or 14 sprint cars, the feature was was unbelievable, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, um, shout out to the Kasiskis. they they worked their butt off, and it turned out to be a really good night of racing. Yeah, for sure. One thing I want to point out with that with that rain delay, it came in just as the sport mod feature started. They pulled the sport mods off, ran the push trucks out on the track to keep it keep from losing the track. Then they went ahead and put the sprint cars out. They moved their feature up two features just to get what I want to say is the premier class to make sure they got their race in because it's the Nebraska 360s. This is a traveling series, so you got guys coming from all over the place, especially like Lee Gross coming from North Dakota to race. So it was nice that the Kasiskis made sure that we got that race in. 
Yeah, I was Joe Kaziski was up in the suite that I was happened to be at, and uh, kind of get spoiled by uh, having air conditioning up there where everybody else is sweating their butt off in the, in the suites, but uh, or in the uh, in the general uh, population. Um, but uh, Joe Kaziski was up there, and and he really wanted to get the sprint cars out there because he did not want to bring them back just for an A feature. So uh, that's that's why he moved them up because he just wanted to get them out there and get the, get the feature run so um, we can put on a show for the fans. That's good to see. Yeah, I always like you know it's when they do that. And the one thing I've, I really you know I eighty everybody stock car track stock car track. No, I eighty is a racetrack, and they they think about the whole show. And it's been, you know, just an absolute first-class facility, you know, with the Kaziskis running it. It's the best it ever was, and it's still a, a great facility to watch races. And and even though I missed this one, there's been plenty of great races out there. And I've said before, again, it's it's become a good sprint car track, too. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, I for sure. You more. Yeah, every, every time there's been a sprint car race out there, the track's been prepared very, very well for these cars. And, like, not, not a rut. I mean, I guess Cody Ledger would have. Uh, <laughs> Begged to differ a little bit. Uh, he had an unfortunate mishap with like the only rut in the racetrack. I mean, and with it being with the rain and whatnot, I don't blame the track for rutting up a little bit. But uh, Cody went into turn one and his uh, right rear uh, came apart. Uh, the center hub broke out and sent Cody for a ride. So, yeah, it's amazing that the, the, the center hub r- literally ripped away from the rim and sent him spinning and. We were very lucky that it didn't turn into be a really bad situation because uh, he was sitting there in the high groove and Stu Snyder come into the corner and he was just doing what he was supposed to and just going, uh, he was ready to keep, um, I don't know, keep going in the in the groove and then he saw a ledger there and he, he put her into the wall to save from hitting ledger and it cost him a chassis it sounds like, but uh, uh, fortunately the, the it wasn't as bad as what it could have been. Yeah, for sure. Stu definitely uh, pulled off his best Tony Hawk impersonation as uh, <laughs> doing a rail slide on that on that concrete wall out there in turn two. So first, I'm glad everybody's all right. The first thing I thought of, which is a bad memory, is that's about the same place where Kevin Bo- Gobrek lost his life many years ago in a same similar situation. Kevin crashed. He was sitting there all by himself, and then another car t-boned him, and and the rest is history. But uh, I'm so fortunate. I'm so glad that Stu was able to avoid contact. Unfortunately, Stu, it cost him some money and so forth. But uh, it's all equipment; it can be replaced, and they can they can race another day. I don't know if you asked Stu. I, I heard he said he made money that night, so I don't know how that was possible. But according to Stu, he made money. It could be just an inside joke between the team. But uh, on Facebook, <laughs> they were saying they made money that night. So. <laughs> Uh, Jason, you got a shout-out for us? Yeah, she went out to the world-famous Toby Chapman, winner Saturday night at Eagle Raceway in the 305 Race Saver Division. Uh, it's always good to see Toby up there. You'll see Toby making runs and either bad luck or uh, something just bites him in the end, and uh, it's nice. It's always nice to see Toby out there. Toby's always got such a uh, – he's a hard competitor, but he's also just got to you know, take it one race at a time attitude, and I've always, I've always been a – a, a fan of Toby Chapman. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's nice to see the uh, crafty veteran, to, uh, you know, put it up on the young kids out there at Eagle Raceway. I remember Raceway. his first Absolutely. race. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of veterans, my shout-out is going to go to Don Drought Jr., who picked up a wingless victory at Lakeside Speedway this weekend, driving for Mark Birch. Yeah, Jr., I'm glad that uh, Birch and Jr. are back together because they've had a lot of success. And for Drought to go down to Lakeside and, and – uh, get a win that's 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 a 
props to the Nebraska gang and Mark Birch. He's a, one of the hardest workers out there. And uh, uh, for them to go down there and, and take care of business, I, you always love to see that. You know, big, been a big fan of Mark Birch and the 1M and uh, just a, you know, an all-around good guy. And it looks like they're having fun. I yeah, think, absolutely. you know, for a while things were getting pretty serious and it looks like they just went out to go out and race and have fun and they're doing what they want to do. And it's, it's just fun to see that. So I'm, I was real happy to see them win. you know, Don Drow Jr. Obviously been racing for what better part of 40 years, you know, 30 something years at least. Yeah, something like that. And so it's I don't good know if you can call him Jr. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anytime you see that chocolate covered banana wagon in victory lane, that's a good day. Yes, for sure. It's definitely nice to see those guys back in the victory lane and back on the road together. Uh, so with that being said, uh, we will jump into some race recaps. We mentioned we were out at I-80 for the Nebraska 360 Sprint Cars. Uh, Lee Gross picked up that victory, followed by Jack Dover, and that battle with Jack and Lee, man, that was one for the ages. It was epic. Um, when I walked in there and I saw that there was only 14 Sprint Cars, I texted a couple of people and go, I can't believe I came out here for 14 Sprint Cars and five classes of cars, but the A feature was epic. Uh, Dover took off. He was front row outside yeah dover was on the front row and when i saw that starting lineup i was like it's over it's Any, over anytime dover starts up front like that he can get away and it's going to be hard to chase him down but lee proved otherwise yep he he did what he was supposed to do and he took off but that lee grows just slowly reeled him in and once lee got to him the race was unbelievable they were I, i'm going to say five laps they were side by side and lee would go to the inside and slide dover going into one and they would come out with Lee against the wall and Dover lower. And then going into three, Dover would slide Lee Gross and for about five straight laps. And then what's, what kind of solved it was Dover got held up by a lap car. And yeah. then Gross just got enough of a lead. And it was an unbelievable race, I thought. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and Lee had to work for that one coming from the sixth starting position. Uh, Ryan Roberts rounded out the top three, finishing third. Um, then I guess on Saturday... The 360s traveled up to the Shelby County Speedway in Harlan, Iowa. little disappointing. Only 10 cars showed up for that. Yeah, the officials, uh, the Nebraska 360 officials were a little nervous about that. But, you know, two guys lost motors at, at I-80 Speedway. And with um, Ledger ruining uh, the right rear tire, they had too much damage. They couldn't get it fixed. And then, of course, with Stu Snyder, uh, it was just it was inevitable that we were going to have a low car count, unfortunately. But uh, I haven't heard a lot about the race, how it turned out. But I know Jason Martin won, but uh, I, di I didn't hear if it was a, a good race or not. Uh, unfortunately, there's only 10 cars, and that's kind of the situation we're at here in Lincoln, in Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, Jason Martin w uh, won that race, followed by Ryan Roberts and Seth Bramer. Uh, Lee Gross was fourth. Jack Dover started up front, and I guess he uh, he pulled a pulled a me and threw a rod in his motor, so uh, <laughs> that relegated him to the pits early on in that race. Was that the Ford motor in his car, or was that as something else? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I guess uh, moving on to uh, back home at Eagle Raceway, uh, Toby Chapman picked up the victory, just like Jason mentioned. Adam Gillian uh, adding to his points. I I think he's going to be in the lead right now. He finished third, uh, second, and then Ryan King finished third in that race uh ryan went over to um the dyno with uh chad cook on uh, before this race and looks like they figured some things out with that car ryan had a good run that night i was impressed you know when you see when you see races like that and it's good to see ryan making waves up there it's good to see other people you know getting some uh getting some track time getting some speed uh gunner pike 
made made for a nice weekend with top 10 finish in ninth. So after a rough tumble the week before. So it's, um you know, it's it's a good show. We got good good racing going on because because my lack of memory, uh, I I kind of messed up at ID Speedway. I was going to the bathroom and I come across this guy that was hanging off to the side and he started talking to me and I I would have walked right by him if I didn't I wasn't paying or if he didn't speak up and it was it was Chase Weiler and uh, he asked me about going to Eagle and and I told him no I, I I'm not a big fan of the 305s like everybody that is close to me knows that. And uh, we, we had a good conversation, and I feel really bad. I've talked to Chase several times, but he always had a hat on. And this time he did not have a hat on, and I couldn't I, – I did not recognize him, and I feel terrible that I, I was willing to walk right by him. But uh, um, we had a good conversation, and, and someday I'm going to have to adopt, uh, adopt the 305s, but it's just not today. But uh, I applaud all of you guys that race those 305s. I understand why and I understand how, but – um, someday I'll get out to Eagle and I'll support you guys, but uh, um, that someday is just not right now. <laughs> well, if it helps, Brad, they have beer at Eagle Raceway. They have Bud Light. I, I need craft beer. I'm a craft beer snob. They got it there. They got some. They got light, liney cools, summer, summer well, shandy. There you go. I'm Close. sure we can find a way to get you. Get <laughs> some <laughs> IB brews in there. Can I bring my own? <laughs> so Chase, shout out to you. I apologize to you, but uh, next time I will recognize you. Yeah, and I guess uh, Brad just sent a uh, just a, no- a note to me uh, that there was a race in Stewart, I in Stewart, Nebraska. I've never been to the racetrack. Have you guys ever been there or heard is of it? Is it still the little fifth mile? I don't even know where Stewart is. No clue. But there was a three hundred five race <laughs> it's uh, up north. Yeah, so uh, I pulled up the results here. Uh, Bob Dovrak. I mean, I could be saying these names completely wrong. He's Probably actually Dvorak. from Stewart. He won. Uh, Trevor Wally, or Waller. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, was third in uh, an Eagle regular Neil Nicolite. He uh, was third in that race. It looks like they had eight cars there. So I could only imagine with that in that area, there's not a lot of race cars up there. So, uh, hey, at least Stewart hosted a race, and there was um, eight cars for the fans to enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you know, uh, to, to, to your point, though, when you talk about, you know, however many cars you have at a show, like, uh, like you know, only, what, 1450 NI-80, you, you forget that when you have a good race between the first two and, you know, you could have two guys running and it was, Oh, what a show, you know? So, you, you know, sometimes it isn't always about the car count, but I'm, sure. I'm a big car count guy. But like you said, you know, you're in an area that's not that uh, densely populated. It's just tough to find. Well, I'm a firm believer. You don't need 50 cars to put on a good race. No, if, I don't. If, if like you get, that. well, in I 80s case 15 and you put on a great race, that's all you need. And, and some people get stuck on no B feature and all that stuff. Well, if you if you have a good a good race and fifteen cars in the A feature, that's that's a that's a good night of racing. Yeah, I'm you know I'm a I, I'm kind of both ways. Um, I think yeah, you know, a, a touring series should have X amount of cars. I like what the World Outlaws does. If they don't have you know more than say twenty cars, they'll run qualifiers and then run again. Right. And I think you do that for the fans, and that that is one thing I would like to see, but. You know, I think there's too much of a good thing. I think 40, 50 car shows sometimes are just it, – it, sometimes it's just too much. I agree. I agree. You know, it takes takes it out on the track. Uh, it gets long. You know, yeah, I was I was always uh, – you give me three heats, a B, or three heats and a good A, and I'm, I'm happy with what you got. Yeah, I mean, I've always been one of the guys that, you know, like to see a bunch of cars. But as I've gotten older, I, I'd rather have quality over quantity. Yes. 
So, I mean, I do like what the Outlaws do. I think USAC does the same thing when there's a low car count. They'll run heats and qualifiers and whatnot. So, that's always good. Uh, got a little bit of bad news here. Uh, Kings Royals been canceled. Uh, COVID kind of claimed another one of our crown jewel events. It's been a crappy two days for sprint car fans. Uh, sounds like sounds like Iowa and Ohio are in the same boat. The governor's not releasing uh, or relaxing the social distancing restrictions and you can't pay the purses that they're expected to pay and have a few fans in the stands. It just, it just can't happen. And so I really hope and pray that you guys. Oh, breaking news. Uh, Looks like a uh, Knoxville just canceled the nationals as well. So uh, to pile on the bad news about the Kings Royal, uh, kind of shouldn't honor parade a little bit here, boys. This is uh, something that I've expected. Um, yeah, numbers are going up, and whether you think it's political, whether you think it's it, there's an ulterior motive or a conspiracy theorist, the bottom line is governors are not allowing things big groups to happen, and it, you knew it was going to happen. And so it's a sad, sad day. Um, my summer is ruined because I'm not going to get to go to Knoxville for ten days, but. It, it, it is what it is, and I hope that you fans really understand that this is not the racetrack's decision. That This is the last decision they wanted to make. This is specifically Knoxville. They make their whole season off of the money they make off of the Knoxville Nationals. They did not want to cancel, but they have no choice. They can't pay the purse that the Knoxville Nationals requires out of 6,000 fans in the stands or 7,000 fans yeah. in the stands. So. Don't bash them on Facebook or Twitter. Don't call them and complain. It is what it is. These are the cards that were dealt, and just get ready for 2021 because I know that they've already Knoxville's already said it's going to be epic for next year. So hopefully we can all just get through it and come out of the other side better people. Well, in nationals, you know they have a, uh, and if you read the um, go to their website. And because they explained their whole process, I mean, it was very detailed. They were willing to do it, I think, with 12,500 fans, which if you do the math, it was going to be a hit. It was going to be a loss. But I think 7,000 was all they were approved to do. And that was just too much of a loss to take. Yeah. And so, and it's the same way with the Kings Royal. They just can't do it with a limited crowd. Some of your smaller races, you know, as we know in Knoxville, 360 Nationals are going to run. They're going to yep. run a uh, Capitani Classic. Uh, which will be what a three day show? Yeah, I, I have the schedule pulled up yeah. here. It looks like August sixth and sixth through the eighth, uh, the three hundred and sixty nationals as scheduled. Uh, the August tenth and eleventh up at uh, Oski will be the front row challenge and the ultimate challenge. Then August thirteenth through the fifteenth is a three day World Outlaw show with the Cabotani Classic, paying fifty grand to win and three thousand dollars to start. So it's still a big paying paying race for it's still a big for the four ten guys. Uh, they're limiting that to seven thousand fans, though. I mean, I think for fifty grand to win, they could probably make that work. Yeah, they can make that work. And with TV revenue, it, it, it might be okay. What what fans need to understand, people ask, what's the difference between Terry McCarl going unrestricted at Oski and uh, the Knoxville Nationals having to go restricted? Well, government, government. Uh, Terry McCarl is said, screw the government, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. But you guys need to understand, Knoxville gets grant money from the state, and they get they, they get state money. And so there's 
they're a little closer regulated uh, to what happens. And so um, not, uh, <laughs> as of today, Terry McCarl's race is on, but a lot can happen yeah, between now and, and, yeah. and the first part of August. So um, it changes with the weather. So people just need to be, be patient, be, be cognizant that things happen and things change. And this is really out of our hands, out of the Knoxville Raceway's hands. It's, it's more into the government's hands. Knoxville has worked so close with the government and they just get shot down at every, every turn that they make. And, and, and they just didn't have any choice. And for those of the one, they expect Knoxville to run this race and lose their butt. I don't, I don't know how you can expect that because you can't run a business and lose your butt every month and, and expect to make a go of it. So I don't know how you expect Knoxville to do the same thing. Well, and you, you do the numbers and you say, okay, what's the cost of running this versus what's the cost of not doing it. And when, and as we can tell, you know, the cost of running it was going to exceed the cost, the loss yeah. taken by not doing it. Right. And another thing I want to point out is like, like with Knoxville, it's a fairground track. So you have to worry about your county. You have the local governments where other racetracks like Eagle is a privately owned facility. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to worry about the county so much. And I mean, they have to get their, their plans approved and whatnot to hold races, but they're not relying on, relying on county grants and county money coming in and all that sort of stuff. And you've got a liability factor to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the one thing, you know, when you're a government, you don't, you don't need that liability factor. And then it's the government gives you the right to run that on the fairground and and on a positive side is there's three days of racing still. Yeah. There's three days of 410 racing with, with 50,000 to win. So you're going to get a great uh, card turnout for that race. Uh, it's not going to be the Knoxville Nationals. There's only going to be what they say, 7,000 fans. Yep, 7,000 7, fans. 7,000 fans. That's still going to be a great crowd. Um, people can watch it on Dirt Vision. Yeah, I personally I, am not comfortable with going to something like that. But if you are, go for it and enjoy every minute of it. And, and just be thankful that you're going to be at a racetrack in the, in the second week of August instead of at home. Uh, yeah, one thing, I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if you see this race live on CBS Sports. I mean, the Outlaws just announced a TV deal. They held a live race. Um, it, it was the Dirt Vision feed, but, you know, it was live race on TV on a major sports network. So, you know, support them the way, whatever you can. And, you know, buy, if you got the driver, you want the, want the T-shirt, buy their T-shirt. You know, all these guys are selling them online. Buy the merch. Pay for the pay-per-view if it's a pay-per-view. Do what you can to support the race. Like you said, if you don't feel comfortable going there, go to the 360 Nationals. You know, show up for a cup, one of those. Um, I think the 7,000's allowing allegedly enough room right. to move around. That's why it was 7,000. So if you feel that way, do it. Otherwise, you know, there's a lot of other ways to support racing and support. You know, And if not, hey, go there next year. Make sure you book your tickets for next year. Yep. And you guys need to understand the governor is watching this Knoxville raceway closely. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the outlaws were in Knoxville. The governor had a helicopter and she flew, or is it is she? The governor flew yeah, over the racetrack <laughs> and looked for herself to see if there was social distancing. And then she ended up going to the suites to even monitor it even clo- more closely. So she's watching this. So, so you got to understand where they're coming from. And I also mentioned something about Terry McCall's race. I hope the hell that he has the most successful race he's ever had in his life. Um, so if you want to go to, to Terry McCall's Oski races, go for it um, and support him because he deserves as much as anybody. But it's just it's a different 
different hand that's dealt with Terry versus Knoxville. And so they just got to play the hand that's dealt with them. And, and Terry's willing to take a couple chances, and Knoxville just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, Terry's always been a risk taker. So, I mean, I don't, I don't blame the guy for throwing it out there. I hope he has a great event. I mean, I do too. It's, it's his livelihood right now. I mean, this is how Absolutely. he's making a living. So, And, I, you know, we will, this will pass. This will end. And eventually we will be back to going to shows and big events. I don't know. Um, are they going to do the Kings Royal like they did the Dream? Late model dream where they're gonna have two of them, or are they just gonna do the one? I did not read. The I asked for look. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't so. see that. No. But I thought, you know, just make save the money, <laughs> save the money, and and go hard next year. Yeah, and we, we I mean, we brought up pay per view, and uh, one cool thing happened with pay per view this week is uh, Flow Racing acquired Speed Shift. Yep. So now you get all the Speed Shift stuff, including your Flow subscription, hundred fifty bucks for the year with that. 10,000 races, I'm guessing, I mean, a year that you could potentially watch. There's a ton. And not only that, the uh, USAC archives, now they're wa- they're showing those on Flow Racing. And it, you could you, – there's not enough racing to watch. I mean, we were sitting there over, over the weekend, and we were having to flip back, split screen, and do things just to keep up on stuff and had to, like, make choices. Well, do we want to watch this one? Now let's go mm-hmm. watch this one. So there's plenty of options for everybody. And with the pay-per-view, I think uh, – it's converting Jason over here. I think he's now a, a late model fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I like him. I like I, the World Outlaw late models. I like him. I like the big boy late models. The big boy late models. I, I, I've enjoyed. I mean, I like the crates. Don't get me wrong, but something about those motors. I mean, same thing with the Outlaw four tens. That second night at Lernerville was something else. Brandon Shepard spin out, last lap, last corner. <laughs> All right, uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough late models. Yeah, enough late models. Let's jump on the. Uh, I fell asleep there. So. Yeah, 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 let's jump on the hotline and we'll get Lee Groz on here and uh, we'll talk about his victory at I. Hey, you damn right, I got the out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammates. Deep pimp. Uh, well, they wasn't happy with me for crowding them, but shit, I want to win. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Pisser, piece of shit. So now we are joined by Lee Gross from Watertown, South Dakota. Uh, sounded like you moved over the, the summer. So, uh, Lee, talk about the move. You moved a little bit closer to the racing country. Yeah, uh, moved south uh, two hours from Fargo. Uh, got the, well, now fiance lives in Watertown. So um, that's the main reason I moved and found a good job opportunity down here. And um, it allows me to go racing. So, um, and like I said, two hours closer to racing, so can't go wrong. No, definitely. And I mean, that two hours kind of helped you out a little bit. You made the track down to I-80 Speedway, uh, picked up the victory over a hard-fought battle with Jack Dover, man. Talk about your race a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, I was kind of nervous with, you know, how heavy the track was in the heat race that it might be a little narrow come feature time. And with that, you know, a little bit of rain, I, um, I was a little nervous also. Um, we started six, and Dover started on the front row, and, um, Dover's tough no matter where he starts. And when he starts on the front row, it's, he usually, uh, can pick up the wind. So I knew we were going to have a work cut out for us, but, uh, we got to third pretty quick there and, um, had a good battle with Ryan Roberts there about mid race and ended up getting by him. And then I think there was a restart with about 11 to go or so. And, um, Dover kind of got away from me for a couple laps and I felt like I started reeling them in and I kind of found the bottom there in three and four to, uh, start working for me and he was kind of running the top all the way around and I got by him on the bottom there once and he got back by me and then um, 
we kind of exchanged slide jobs back and forth for a while and he tried running the bottom and then I'd get a kind of run on the top and I think it was coming to the white flag uh I was in second and we got up on a lap car going in the corner and lap car kind of went in the middle and I think Dover picked the high side and I picked the bottom and luckily the lap car kind of slid up and I ended up hitting the bottom just just right and got off the uh corner and got the lead and luckily I was able to hang on because like I said it's uh anytime you can uh beat Dover that's a huge accomplishment yeah definitely when when Dover starts on that front row and he gets away from everybody I mean tracking him down is tough and it's especially tough at ID Speedway I mean he he rolls that track really well uh I say that that lap car helped in your favor quite a bit like you said he uh, was in the middle uh Jack kind of was running that middle line and down to one and two and you just snuck right right below him and you know sailed it off to the checker flags yeah you know early on i was trying the bottom there when i got to third because you know jack and uh ryan were kind of running to the top and i figured well if i want to make something happen here i might as well try and see what the bottoms got here early and the bottom wasn't bad but it was a little greasy getting off so i was struggling getting off and so that's when i moved up to the top and you know just kind of got in line with them guys and um i think when i found the bottom again is when i got racing with ryan i you know i gave him a slide job a few times you know we were going back and forth and i kind of felt that the bottom was the grease was kind of wearing off and it was getting sticky again and so uh that's kind of helped to my advantage where you know dover he's out front by himself it's hard for him to move around you know when you're leading those things like that and uh yeah that's just one of those situations where i think sometimes running seconds kind of in your favor you know uh, Lee, uh, this is Brad. Yeah, congratulations on that win. That was it was an it was an amazing race. I, I was I was I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, I got a question though. You, you say that uh, when you were running and you found the low low side, and from a knucklehead like me that just sits in the stands and dreams about being a race car driver, what what do you feel uh, when you're out there on the track and you feel like you found the groove? I mean, I could only assume you found traction, and so you can feel come shooting off the corners and so forth but what what do you feel when you you've found something there that helps you get to that leader like Jack Dover um yeah like I said I kind of went out and looked at the track before the feature and I seen there was plenty of moisture on the bottom almost too much because like I said early on it was a little greasy and like I could I could enter in good in the center off I was always struggling because it was almost it was slimy almost like it was real dry slick and I just lost all traction you know and I thought you know that might come into play later in the race if some of those you know cars behind us started running the bottom and maybe got that that bottom rolled in and luckily enough some of them guys back there must have been running the bottom and like I said when I um, started battling with Ryan there I could feel it was getting stickier and stickier and that slime worm wore off and I um one and two was a little harder to hit because that was still a little greasy but three and four you know at the end of the race there i think i i would think i was dang near wide open all the way around on the bottom if i hit it just right i could you know stay in the gas i got a little tight on exit but i think that's where i felt like i was a little bit better than ryan and jack when they did try to go down there they couldn't keep it down on the bottom as tight as i could and i think that's where i could get that launch off four a little bit better than they could um, like, yeah, like you said, it's just, it was tractioned up down there. And like I said, I, I don't think I lifted very much when I ran the bottom down there in three and four. Now we had a little bit of a rain shower uh, during that sport mod feature where they, where they pulled the cars off and pulled the push trucks out, you know, to save the track. They moved our feature up two spots. Did, 
that change your setup or how or the way you approach the race or did you just kind of roll with what you guys had uh we rolled with what we had kind of just because um i was nervous it was going to be a little on the heavier side i was a little tight in the heat race so i thought we'd be pretty good in the feature starting six you know i didn't want to be too tight in traffic and actually i think that rain might have helped it a little bit because you know um before that rain i felt like the the top was a little choppy and hard to run and i thought the bottom was going to be the fast way around but you know when that rain came they kind of rolled in the top and i think it you know when you pack that cushion down it helped the top move up a little bit you know and made it um more of a it winded out quicker and i think that's what kind of helped make it a two-lane you know track for that feature because that that was track was i felt awesome in the feature you know you, you could run the top, the bottom, the middle if you needed to. You kind of run wherever you wanted to if you know your car was good. Lee, I got a question for you. You know, you're from uh, North Dakota. Uh, what, South Dakota now. South Dakota now. <laughs> it's still a long drive. Um, we really appreciate when you come back to, to I-80, and, and you've been to Eagles several times. What is it about those two tracks that – make you keep coming back i mean you've had some good success there over the years um what makes you keep coming back there it's a long drive for you um you won twelve hundred dollars i think it was it's friday night at i-80 speedway um it, do you just love these tracks or is it just because that's the closest place for you to race at, at that at that night um actually i would say i-80 is probably on my you know on my top of my favorite tracks, you know, I, th I think Knoxville is probably top Jackson's second, you know, I've had decent success at Jackson. So that makes it one of my favorites. And I'd say I 80 is, you know, third, you know, all three of them are pretty close. Not one is, you know, huge leaps over the other on my favorites, but I just kind of like those style racetracks. They always, you know, I 80 usually gets up on the fence and there's sometimes a bottom. And I just kind of like the high speed, big tracks where you really kind of got to get up on the wheel and just, give her hell you know and um i feel like that just kind of fits my driving style and anytime I, we can get to i-80 if if we can you know get two nights of racing and we're gonna do it you know it's just tough for us you know say if i-80 races friday and nowhere saturday it's just tough for us to drive that far for one night where in you know this year it's been tough to get some races in so we figured with i-80 racing and harlan racing um never been to harlan so we figured might as well come down and make a two race weekend out of her uh, absolutely. Uh, in the last couple of years, you would make a lot of trips to like Minnesota and Wisconsin to race. Is it more about now that you're living in South Dakota as opposed to North Dakota, or is it just the COVID thing where you're, you just want to race and you just need to go where, where it makes the most sense for you? Yeah, we've, we've kind of just been going where there's, um, better paying shows and, and where the tracks that we like, you know, um, over in Wisconsin, the, eastern minnesota they kind of they don't have much for 360 racing anymore you know just a few shows at cedar lake here and there when the midwest power series is there um they got their new division over there that's a whole different engine package and rule package that doesn't allow us to race with them anymore but uh yeah we just kind of like going to the tracks we know that are racy and safe and uh that's that's one major thing that we've kind of decided that we're not going to any tracks that we don't feel are safe or don't have the proper, um, safety equipment and, you know, ambulances and fire trucks and all that there. It's just, we decided it's not worth risking it. And like I said, go to the tracks that we know that, um, you know, usually puts on a good show, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned a little bit that uh, that out in Wisconsin, there's kind of a lack of 360 racing. You've been a big supporter of the Nebraska 360 series since this in, since its inception. Uh, but when you go to places like Harlan and like even I-80, where there was 15 cars, 10 cars, is that a little discouraging for you as a driver that you know there's not a lot of support for these series? Or and what do you think that these series and tracks could do to help bring in a, a decent car count? Well, I, I, well, um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's hard, you know, cause like Saturday I knew Harlan was going to be hurting for cars just because, um, uh, you know, you had sprint invaders running Saturday night. You had Jackson nationals running Saturday night, which, you know, there was a few 360 guys that went and raced, you know, there and there's, there's just options to race. And, uh, I think the payout kind of, hurts them a little bit you know it's it's tough to travel nowadays with how expensive this racing definitely isn't getting any cheaper you know how expensive everything is you know you're, you're traveling long distance for 1200 bucks to win it, it makes it kind of tough you know but uh you know i they pay back well which helps but you know when when guys look at the you know the payout they not many guys look what it pays for 10th place you know they, they they look and see what it pays to win so i think you know it it's, I think they're doing what they can, nothing against them. It's whatever. But I think, you know, if they paid a little bit more, you'd maybe get a few, few more travelers. I feel right on. Uh, yeah. I mean, we definitely appreciate you coming out any, any time you can to the Cornhusker state and whatnot. I just want to say, uh, thanks for, for coming down here. I know it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a long drive and so forth, but, uh, um, it, it just, we really appreciate cars like you coming down here and then for you to, to, to take one from the local boys is, is, uh, is great for you guys and so forth. So I just, just like to thank you for your support. And I know it gets harder and harder, but, uh, we always love to see that white number four J with the yellow wing come into town. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I enjoy coming down there. Like I said, I like racing a lot of the racetracks down there. I kind of miss going to McCool. I always like going there and, um, and the competitions, um, always tough, whether it's nine cars or 20 cars, you know, you still got eight cars that could win, you know, every night, even like at Harlan, there was eight cars that could have won that night. I feel, you know, it's, you always got good competition and that's what, that's kind of what I like coming down there for, uh, racing against better competition only makes you better. So I got one more question for you and this may be a stupid question, but how difficult has this COVID pandemic been for you to want to be a race car driver to, to to plan out a schedule and to get all that whether you know how to prepare your car do you need to take a week off how hard has it been to plan around this covid thing and not knowing which tracks are racing when it's been tough you know um like i said i don't even you know only i know where i'm going you know and this week and next week but prior to that uh, after that, I don't really know where we're racing just because it seems like the schedule's been changing so much. People have been adding races, adding races, races have been getting lost. And, uh, yeah, it's just hard to get, um, I don't know how to say it. It's hard to get excited just because you, you don't know what to expect. You know, I, I still love going racing. I get as excited as I ever have, but it's hard to kind of get, um, I don't know, into a groove of knowing you're going to be racing every weekend when everything's so, undetermined you know yeah right on well i want i want to thank you for jumping on i'm glad you got the monkey off the back for the your first victory of the year uh where are you racing this weekend uh we're gonna take the this weekend off 
um, had some prior plans for this weekend. And next weekend, we plan on racing Rock Rapids with the MSTS Friday. And then uh, there's nothing else that weekend as far as I know. So we're kind of hoping maybe some somewhere might pick up a race Saturday or something that we can go to. All right, right on. Well, thanks for jumping on with us, and good luck for the rest of the season. All right, thank you very much. Thank right. you, Lee. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Lee. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, that was Lee Gross, fresh off his victory at IED Speedway with the Nebraska Sprint Series. Uh, sounds like he's having a difficult time, just like everybody else, planning on a schedule for uh, for the year. Yeah, it'd be tough to figure out where you're going to race and when you're going to race because everything changes like the weather anymore, and so. I, I just assume that you just have to be ready, and when, when there's a race that's announced, you decide yay or nay and support it or you don't. But uh, there's so many people getting antsy and wanting to race that uh, um, I just hope things even out a little bit and we can get, get some type of normalcy put back into place. But as soon as I say that, then Knoxville cancels, Eldora cancels, and who knows what's coming a- ahead. Yeah, are you going to cry yourself to sleep tonight? <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, yes. <laughs> you know, not to mention, too, you have, with the 360s, there aren't many tracks that are running weekly. No. So you can't say, you know, it's like 14, say, okay, well, what are we going to do? Ah, oh, we'll go to Knoxville this week, or, you know, we'll go in whatever. It's it's tough, and then you got to pick, and then now we're guessing the weather. I mean, we've had an inordinate oh, amount of rain Amazing. in some of these places. So, I mean, we've heard, you know, how many times US 36 getting rained out, how many, you know, so... It's it's a waiting game and and like Lee said, you know, especially from South Dakota, it's a trip. So you got to make that you got to you got to commit cuz it's going to cost you a couple hundred just to get down there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the weather definitely has a factor. I mean, I was watching the Power Eye race on Saturday and yeah, it the infield turned to like just like that. I mean, the rain storm popped out of nowhere and you know, you had all these guys come from Oklahoma out to Hopstad, Indiana and you know, for what? To watch it rain. Well, that's why I say just keep buying racing merchandise. Uh, it's not cheap to drive 400 miles with a semi and, and, and race for $1,200, and I know that's their choice, but uh, support them when you can and if you can. And I just wish they would quit making black T-shirts with pasted-on material. I, I go back <laughs> to shirts that breathe because this fat old man does not like black <laughs> shirts with this new ink that does not breathe. Bulletproof T-shirts. That's what they are. <laughs> Saving your life one T-shirt at a time, Brad. <laughs> All right. With that said, I think we are going to wrap it up on this edition. I want to thank Lee once again for jumping on. Brad, Jason, thanks for jumping on and kind of keeping this thing going. Hey, it's it's always fun. Uh, sometimes I got more to say than others, but it's always <laughs> fun. And great night. Uh, appreciate all of you. What are the weekend plans? Yeah. It is um, 4th of July weekend. So 4th of July. Let's see. I am going uh, piece of shit car shopping on Friday, hopefully. And uh, Saturday, we're just going to kick it at home with the family. Yeah, I'd be camping. Uh, I'm leaving Thursday afternoon to go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, for about eight days of hiking, fly fishing. They have three breweries there, so brewing and uh, just not here in Lincoln, Nebraska. It wouldn't be Brad with that beer. For sure. <laughs> so, Jason, I guess you're our only hope for some racing this weekend. Uh, or are you going to bail on us, no, too? No, I'm going to bail, too. I'm going to be out shooting fireworks and trying not to get killed this year like the previous <laughs> two years. I, I'm telling you, those boxes, I'm going to put, like, a containment system around them because for, like, past three years, one of them's like, shot out the side. and So one hit my <laughs> car last year and one shot between a family. Well, if you want to that, aim so. at a vehicle, I have a 
Ford Fusion. It's catch, fully insured right now, so uh, catch it on fire and yeah, yeah let's hope yeah, maybe I was say, park it over my place, and I could blame it on the neighborhood <laughs> kids for sticking fireworks <laughs> right underneath it. Yeah, uh, allegedly, allegedly, and uh, just remember, uh, back up Terry. <laughs> if you're lighting off those fireworks, Terry. What are you doing? Make sure you put that thing in reverse. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for jumping on, and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>